Good Humans is a proud member of Accidental Information. For more info, visit accidentalinformation.com. Hello, people of Earth. Thank you for joining us again on Good Humans. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're back. Um, and I love this episode. Uh, Chad Gabriel is one of the most inspiring people I've talked to, uh, so far. So I'm going to say it again. I'm excited for you to hear the episode before we get to it. Go check out patreon.com slash good humans. Uh, we are doing some cool stuff over there. Uh, and I've told you about it before, but I'm going to tell you about it again. Uh, you can get full unedited episodes, um, by signing up for one of the tiers, uh, weekly hangout sessions, Q and A's, um, conversations, whatever you want, um, via Google hangouts or, or some such, uh, t-shirts, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff going on over at patreon.com slash good humans. I would love it if you went over there and checked it out. Um, I want to do some cool stuff as a community, uh, as a podcast community for our collective community. Um, and I think we can do that, uh, through Patreon. So go sign up, uh, and get some cool stuff. And I would be ever so grateful while I'm at it. Um, while I'm doing the self-promotion, I might as well ask you to do this too. Please. If you don't mind rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Google play or wherever you get Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, can you rate a podcast on Spotify? Go try and tell me. Um, but I, it would be really, really helpful if you'd rate and review the podcast. Uh, it helps us be visible to other people that might be interested in the podcast. Um, and it only takes a few seconds and I would also be eternally grateful for that. Uh, like I said, my guest this week is Chad Gabriel and Chad is doing something really interesting. Chad is working on a project called the search for aliveness and it's a documentary series. Uh, episode five is about to air. You'll get the, uh, you'll get the date that it will be airing at the end of this episode. Um, and I'll link everything in the, the podcast description, the episode description, so you can find everything pretty easily. But Chad is looking for what makes humans feel alive. And when I heard about his project, it just matched up so well with what we're doing uh, with good humans that I had to, I had to talk to him. So he's got such an interesting story. I, I did not episode, edit this episode at all. This is a full episode, um, which I, I don't do for every episode. I've been trying to edit them for content and length, um, just to make them a little more approachable, but Chad's story and what he's doing, I think is so important. I wanted you to hear all of it. So this is the full episode. Um, this is a little taste of what you'll get if you sign up for the Patreon. Uh, but Chad's such an awesome guy. He's doing some really interesting work with the search for aliveness. Um, and I was just, I was floored by his drive, his vision, uh, and his passion for what he's doing. So, um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I, I really enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Chad Gabriel. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. This is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. My name is Josh, and joining me this week is Chad Gabriel. Welcome, Chad. 
Thanks for having me, Josh. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, and I'm really excited about what you're doing. Uh, because I think if people don't already know about it, I think they're going to be excited to check it out. So I'm really excited to get into all that. But before we go too, too far, um, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you think we should know about you. Absolutely. So I'm just a regular guy, 41 years old, family man, have two sons that are 12 and 14, happily married. My, uh, my wife and I just celebrated our 24 year dating anniversary. We're high school sweethearts. Oh, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks. It's a big deal, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so for me, I'm a guy who's had a, um, an unusual career path, an uncommon one. Um, went to, went to the university of Illinois, started electrical engineering and, um, basically end up here in my role at Tuthill Corporation uh, as the Sherpa of Purpose. So crazy title, uh, an odd path to get there, and we can explore that however you'd like. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been basically, um, I'm a guy who's followed my heart uh, over and over again to, to, to ensure that, you know, I'm, I'm just happy in everything that I do. And, and it sometimes takes some courage to do that. So, uh, and I'm super excited to share, you know, the project that we're working on the Search for Aliveness documentary. Yeah, right on. I uh, just right off the bat, awesome, awesome job title, the Sherpa of Purpose. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you how did how did you arrive at that? Is that a, a position you created uh, at the company um, because you mm -hmm. saw a need for it, or like how does how does that come about? Yeah, um, Sherpa of Purpose. So the, I'll just work backwards um, or work forward from the beginning at Todd Hill. I started at Todd Hill in two thousand one as the webmaster. So back in the day when there were actually webmasters, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's how I kind of came out of school and into Tuthill as an IT guy, a, a programmer. And, um, you know, got really into developing systems and helping people do their jobs more effectively and, um, was still feeling like something was missing. And so I, at the time was getting some coaching from a, a, a life slash career coach and, uh, you know, got some clarity that what was making me feel more fulfilled was working with people. And so, you know, brought that up to Jay Tuthill at the time, who was, who was, I was reporting to, he's the, the owner, you know, it's a privately owned family owned business. Uh, and basically just let him know, like, Hey, I, I feel like I'm missing something in life and at work and, and that's fulfillment. And, and here's what I know about me. I like working with people. I want to do more of that. Um, and developing people specifically, like letting them kind of unlock the life they can create. And that's something that I had the opportunity to do by facilitating leadership retreats at Tuthill, even as an IT leader. And so um, that led me into a position where I got involved with branding. Uh, and the first thing I wanted to do there was really um, bring our company's vision to life. At the time, it was to have a seismic impact on our world. And nobody knew what the heck that meant. And so I started making some phone calls as a, as a new guy out of IT and branding to get help, you know, because I, I was like, this is going to require some help. And um, ultimately made a connection with a, with a company who helps companies unlock their purpose an agency. And, um, we discovered that our purpose at Tahill is to wake the world. It's really about aliveness and unlocking that because it's in each one of us, but sometimes we stifle it and eight years in branding and telling that story, articulating our purpose, building our brand that way, you know, building a brand beyond the products that we make because we, yeah. we make industrial goods, things you don't see, um, carved out a little niche of it, which was this kind of, social impact piece. Uh, what do we want to do beyond selling the pumps that we sell at Cut Hill to make a difference in the world beyond our four walls? And, and I was only spending about 5% of my time doing that in my brand role. 
And last end of last June, um, basically we said, let's, let's create a, a function at Tuthill that really helps us bring our purpose to life. And that's, that's the team that I have now. And yeah, the Sherpa purpose role, uh, that job title, it's all about a climb. Wake the world is about 7.6 billion people unlocking the aliveness that exists within them. And it's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's an aspirational goal. Um, but we're going to set the foundation for future generations of Tuthill employees and all the people we touch to, to, to bring this to life. And, um, the whole, the whole climb that that is, is why each role in my, on my team has like a mountain climbing title. So Sherpa of purpose, I'm on the journey and I'm leading the journey. Right. And I've got, yeah. I've got a scout and belay on the team. I've got base camp operations on the team. I've got an explorer on the team. And these are all people who, you know, I work with every day. It's my team to help bring this project and other things to life. That's incredible. We're only like five minutes in and it's already been worth it. Uh, to to get out of here. I'm dude, this it's so inspiring what you're doing. And if, if I'm understanding correctly, like when you started there, that was pretty early in your career, your professional career, right? Oh, I was a year out of college. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're on to something as a 20 early twenties guy, you're already Mm onto something huge. And so I didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, it's incredible to me that you're already sort of like, you're digging at this that early, which is amazing. But not, not only the fact that you're sort of feeling this and knowing that maybe there's more, but then the actual, uh, uh, impetus and the, um, the, the initiative to, to pursue it and make something happen is amazing too. And then just your man, that journey is so incredible. Just the, the, the years that it took from there to, to now to launching the search for liveness, uh, docu series is that's incredible. And it's, it's, I, I mean, it's a testament to, to the company you work for too, that they would believe in this It is that much. Um, that's really incredible. hundred percent. Right. So the leadership here has been so supportive, so supportive, you know, of me and, and our company's purpose, you know, it's, yeah. And, and my it, team, and you know, it's like, we, we have to bring it to life. It's beyond, it's beyond the profit, man. We, we, we make pumps to wake the world. We don't wake the world to make pumps. A hundred percent. I didn't get into our product line yet. I'll, I'll let you, you know, take us there if that's where you want to go at some point, but uh, yeah, keep going, man. Well, I, I was just going to say, it's, it's interesting to me too, that um, the, you know, cause every company will have like a mission statement and a, you know, a, a purpose. It's, it's just, it's part of, what you do when you establish a company. Right. But it's interesting to me that, that the actual, the purpose was actually redefined and, and uh, it sounds like even narrowed a little bit and sort of made more specific and more uh, like mm-hmm. tangible um, in this process. And so not only are you, are you're pursuing something that you feel like is, is where the, the real juice is. It's, it's where the fulfillment is, but you're helping at the same time, you're helping your company sort of figure out what is our place? How do we make an impact? What does that look like? Um, Mm -hmm. And then by proxy, you're kind of figuring out the why too, which is incredible. Um, So yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about the company um, and, and what you guys actually do uh, and sort of what, um, like as, as of now, so we've got the, the, uh, search for liveness docuseries, which we're definitely going to talk about, but, um, mm-hmm. 
yeah. So like, let's, let's talk about what the, what the company does and then what that, uh, like what that impact looks like, um, now. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So Tuthill is a privately owned manufacturing company. We've been around for 127 years this year. Wow. And, uh, the Tuthill family has owned it since the very beginning, 1892 and, uh, started out as a uh, brick manufacturer. So we had quarries in Chicago and, you know, there, as we were exploring our purpose, um, we heard a story from Jay Tuthill that his great grandfather was an animal lover. And we're like, Whoa, what does that mean? What are we doing? You know? And, and so he told the story about how we had horses that were hauling the, the clay out of the quarries and they would actually drop dead because of the heat and the haul. Hmm. And so they, uh, he bought a patent for a steam powered truck that could help the horses get the clay out of the quarries. And, um, you don't see steam powered trucks all over. So it was a, it was a bad design. It was a bad patent, but right. within that was a, uh, an, an oil, like a lubrication pump that became kind of a bread and butter pump and a transition for us to, to get out of the brick company and into the, the industrial like process pumps space. And, um, you know, and so you could look at that and say, Hey, Tuthill has been a company about heart right from the start. And so authenticity and heart are very, very central to our culture. And, um, that, that was kind of the beginning to how do we unearth what our purpose is? How do we articulate that? And how do we activate that? Um, and so, yeah, the things we make are pumps and meters and vacuum systems and blowers that are generally used within factories or within systems. And you don't see them every day. An example would be uh, some of our pumps that pump really thick stuff are used by like Hershey's to make chocolate. You know, you have to pump that at a constant rate or, or taste different. And so okay. there's some consistency and quality that's important there. We, a pump that people would see every day if you're just driving around, looking around, it's a red pump that sits on the back of a pickup truck. Uh, the label on the barrel will say Phil Wright by Tuthill. Okay. And that's used to transfer fuel from, uh, you know, a tank to a tractor where there's not gas stations. So agriculture and construction are two markets we serve. And all the markets we serve are what we call foundational markets. Those are the markets that are stable and they grow with the human population. And so even our products, you know, in a way, contribute to aliveness uh, because they're providing things like clean water, food, shelter, medication, um, all those types of industries. So there's alignment there as well when we talk about aliveness. Uh, but there's that also, you know, the, the bigger piece of that is beyond the food, water, shelter side of aliveness. What is that more self-actualization type of aliveness? You know, kind of the stuff that comes from way deep within each of us. How do we lead ourselves to create the lives we want to live? And, and, um, you know, we've got 600 employees um, all over, mostly the Midwest. We do have um, locations in China and the UK as well. Um, I think in a nutshell, that covers it. I mean, again, the, the employees that, that are making these pumps and helping us fuel this rocket are the ones that I love to just say thank you to over and over again, because without the pumps that, that they're working so hard to make, we can't do any of this. Right on. That's that's incredible. I, I feel like I'm going, I'm, I'm going to end up saying that over and over again, uh, during the course of this conversation. But, um, it is man. It like, it's, it's just impressive. Okay. Cause here's the easy thing, right? The easy thing would be, this is a company that does this thing and that's what we do and mm -hmm. it's working great. And you know, people have jobs and we're growing mm -hmm. and we're doing our thing and that's enough. Like great right, absolutely. job done. Um, and for some reason, it's, it's, it's taken on this, this other aspect of, well, no, that's not enough. And I, I have a feeling it's probably because of people like yourself, but it's, it's, it's got this whole other aspect now of, no, it's not enough. We, 
we can do more um, and therefore we should do more. And it's, it's just, it's refreshing to, to see companies that have sort of a social conscience and are, are doing things um, to contribute uh, because it's, it's not the norm for sure. And sadly, I, I feel like it's not expected, right? No, it's incredibly refreshing. I mean, think about as more and more people enter the workplace, you know, to seeking a seeking a career that provides more than a paycheck and some fulfillment. Um, they're looking for things like this, and, and it can't just be, uh, yeah, we make a donation for ten thousand dollars a year, or hundred thousand dollars a year, to so on. So it's like, mm-hmm. what are we doing to get them engaged and have them feel fulfilled because of things that they're they're experiencing? And um, yeah, and, and I and I gotta say, yeah, I'm a part. I'm, I play one small part in what we're doing, but the Tuthill family and the stand that they have been for human dignity throughout all of this. Um, you know, it's, it's so amazing to see Jay Tuthill up on stage talking to his employees about stories of the past, stories of things that his grandfather did that, you know, really were symbols of, or gestures of, of human dignity. Everybody deserves, you know, equal dignity. And, and how do we provide that? Um, this is just an extension of that. It's kind of like the next evolution. How do we take it beyond our four walls? Yeah. Um, and, and have people really, really just realize that like they can create the life they want to live. And I know, you know, sometimes for me as, as a guy in this role, I play this, it's like this fine line that I walk that is, man, I sure don't want this to be too self-helpy. There's, there's a part of me as a, a regular guy who grew up in the Midwest. that's like turned off by the overly pushy self-help stuff. And yet there's a part of me that has come to really appreciate what, what can what can happen when I take some time to reflect and look there. Yes. Um, and I want to be able to explain that to people in plain English, which, which is really my role in, in the series. It's to, to be that guy that can just connect it down to earth, regular, you know, language as best I can, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to do that. So it is, it is absolutely refreshing. And, and like I said, it's, it's so much, it's so important to have a, a leader like Jay, who's the owner, and then Tom Kermazi, who's our current CEO. And even, you know, there's some transitioning happening in CEO. Tom's retiring. There's a new guy coming in. The alignment there across those key leaders at Tuthill has been so consistent. Um, and without that, this thing would fizzle out in a heartbeat. It's a, it's a huge on-taking, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that you, you brought up the sort of the aspect of some things seem just seem too self-helpy or too like woo woo or yeah. whatever term you want to use. Woo 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 woo. Exactly. Yeah. Call it whatever. Yep. Cause I'm the same way. Right. Like I, um, we talked a little bit, I, I spent quite a long time in the Midwest as well, Indiana and Chicago both. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, there is a certain, I, I guess, sensibility that comes with that. Um, just there's a, it's, uh, it's a very practical, that's a very practical, the Midwest is very practical. Um, and, yeah. uh, just practical people, which is fine. Um, that's great. But there's, I, I feel like you can tell a difference just innately, just deep inside yourself. Even what I'm saying sounds woo, but like you can tell a difference between things that are self-helpy, like, uh, um, what is it? The, the secret, uh, or like things like that. So you can tell a difference between that, just hearing it and things that are actually doing something like there is some depth and some meaning and some meat to it. Um, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking, we're, we're actually talking because I think that there is some depth and meaning and meat to 
to this project. Um, so it's, I, I completely agree with you. There's, <laughs> there is a little too much of the self-helpy shallow stuff. Um, and sometimes that can be hard to cut through. Um, but right. I, I think yeah. this is, this is doing that. So let's, let's talk about the docuseries because I've never seen anything like this. Um, and uh, that's exciting for me to hear because it's, it's in the best way. part of what we want to do. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cause, people don't talk about aliveness. Uh, people talk about fulfillment. No. People talk about happiness. People talk about purpose, which I, I know is, is sort of like, those are all things that you're, that's included, right? Like in, in sort right, of they're parts of it. Whole mm-hmm. thing. But people don't talk about aliveness. I, I don't even know if I've really like heard people use that word much. Um, so it's, a, it's an unusual one. It's one that people like wonder, is that even a real word? It yeah. is in the dictionary. It is yeah. a real word. So I'm I'm interested to to find out um, sort of how how you came across this idea or how this idea developed, what it means to to be alive, to be truly alive, um, and then yeah, just like what um, like what's going on in the show, like what what kind of things are are mm-hmm. are happening. Um, I mean, that's a big question. We can like get into all of it, but yeah, just yeah, sort of absolutely. I guess how the how the idea for for the the premise developed. Totally. So it's cool. We, we got to spend a little time talking about Todd Hill and our, our purposes to wake the world. And, and everything we do is driven by a document we call our compass, which includes our purpose, which includes our mission and our vision. And it is truly a document that's not just a poster on the wall, but it is the compass. It guides us on our journey at Todd Hill. And the first thing on it is wake the world, which is really cool. So yeah. every year as we're going through and planning goals uh, that, that are going to help us to activate and bring that compass to life, which includes all the manufacturing things that we do. Mm. And it includes the profit side for sure. Um, we brainstorm ideas that, that are really just the most impactful ways to, to, to activate this compass document and everything within it, including Wink World. And um, during our um, 2017 session, so late 2017, one of the guys on my team who happens to be the creator, the director of this, his name's Vito Pelicano. He suggested like, why don't we do a documentary on aliveness? If we want to get this out of our four walls, beyond the leader tre- leadership retreats that we do with our employees, video is a great way to do that. And, you know, he just happened to do a documentary for his brother's nonprofit, um, which featured a bunch of veterans who struggle with PTSD and how they cope with that through art. And, and I'm like, you know, that would be a wack idea for us as Tuthill to do a documentary. Absolutely. And it would be even wackier if, if you'd never done anything. <laughs> but luckily, we like we had enough camera equipment and enough, just enough experience and grit and know-how to, to say yes to this um, and to get support from, you know, the leadership team and funding for the project. And, and the whole premise of the project was really to take this concept of aliveness and be able to bring it into living rooms for people who in general wouldn't have access to this. You know, I look at it for me, one of the things that helped us land was like my, my dad's been working in a pizza place for his entire career. He's, he's retiring this September, which is awesome. My brother's a mailman. Nowhere in a thousand years would those two organizations necessarily have kind of a self-awareness or a leadership type of meeting that the employees just really embrace. And it'd be, right. you know, it's just one of those opportunities. So we want to bring this into living rooms and in a way that is entertaining too. Um, and so that, that was kind of how the project was born. And we had another person on the team who's the director of photography. Her name's Eric. 
happened to come to Tuttle and had some experience like filming race cars in Nevada at her fast job or her last job. So, which was probably a fast job, you know? Um, but, um, so it really, all the pieces started to come together and it's like, well, who do we want to hear from? What do we want to explore? What's the premise? And so let's just talk about what, what aliveness is. And, and that's kind of how we started to get into the planning phase and, uh, what really kicked it off. So on the, on the website, um, you, mm-hmm obviously you talk a lot about aliveness, but one of the things I really like, it's, it's interesting to me is um, there's a tab on the website that says recipe, right? And so you click on the, yeah, right, right, right. And you can add your own, what you're calling an ingredient for aliveness. You can view a gallery to see all these people's different answers. Um, Things like, I feel alive when I help people see what's possible. I feel alive when I help others realize their dreams. I feel alive when I walk in nature. Like just so many answers from so many perspectives, which is amazing. But um, so so you're, I, I guess one of the questions I have is what do you mean or do you mean anything? Is it sort of an open question when you talk about aliveness uh, in this series, mm-hmm. in this context? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. So we... We went out, I'm glad you brought up the ingredient recipe thing. I forgot to mention that. So the idea was like, we want to go out and see if there are certain themes across all perspectives, geographies, races, cultures, uh, lifestyles, our basic human truths that, that we find as we do these interviews and travel to talk to these folks and experience what they have to share. Are there human truths? Like how do we know when we're feeling alive? And so as a, as a, hypothesis or something that we, we wanted to form a model is like how do we talk about aliveness at Tuthill? and we have a, a department there called awaken you they're our educational department and we they worked to basically say this is how we want to talk about aliveness and teach it to our employees at Tuthill. and they simplified it by saying there are five categories of aliveness okay and so those five are purpose connection energy being present and engaged and the full spectrum of human emotion and those are the five that we're like, okay, let's go out and talk to all these people and see if those are consistent themes as we, as we do these interviews. But we also wanted to say, you know, we're not experts in aliveness. This is, this is something we we're passionate about. We believe in it. It's our company's purpose, but we still want to learn as much about it as possible. So let's get perspectives from regular people. Let's get perspectives from thought leaders who are, you know, whether they're the authors or scientists or whatever it might be to see if there are categories that we're not even thinking about. And as we are, as we're having these conversations, those common themes and things that keep popping up. Let's, let's see if we can craft a recipe for aliveness and let's see what the ingredients are. Because just like eating pizza, back to the pizza place thing, Mm -hmm. people like pizza and they like it in all different ways. Triangle slices, square slices, cheese, sausage, pepperoni, vegetables, no vegetables, thin crust, thick crust. Right. And, and, and it's still pizza. And it's like, but everyone has their own unique, like, you know, preference there for the pizza. And I think there's something similar. I've learned there is something very similar with aliveness. There are going to be ingredients that appeal to some and are absolutely not an option for others. And so that, that it's, it's such a unique journey. And that's, it's not like a one size fits all rest recipe. And that's, what's cool about this is like, you can mix and match your own ingredients to create your recipe for aliveness. This will raise some awareness for you as to what's working for others. So you can try it yourself. Yeah, there's there's so many good ideas on here, and there's like pages and pages and pages um, of and that's of, just the online submission, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah of, of ingredients, and this is so this is 
awesome. Um, and I, I like the pizza analogy. Uh, it reminded me of the, the argument about pineapple on pizza, um, which I'm a fan of. I, I don't know if you take a hard stance, but I'm a fan of pineapple on pizza. I don't take a hard stance. I've tried it. I'm open. I'm open to it. <laughs> uh, it's okay. All right. I, I feel like you're in the minority then. Cause I, I think people either love or hate it uh, for the most part. Um, but I, Anchovies I hate on pizza. Uh, see, I'm a, I'm a fan of that one too. Although I, <laughs> see? I it's all unique. Um, but I, I love that there's, uh, I think this is why I connect with this so much because it's almost, you guys are investigating. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you're starting with a, a premise and sort of going, well, what even is it? And I mean, right. I, some aspects yeah. you're, you're talking about just what it is, like, what is the human experience? What, what is it to be human in general? Which is, which yeah. is something like, that's a question I ask often, but um, I think yeah. that's why I connect with this so much. It's, it's, it's open and it's, it's, uh, it's embracing of all, all kinds of different paths and perspectives and, and experiences. And it's, it's just sort of this, this, um, this question that you're asking the world and what's exciting is you're getting answers. Um, we are. And yeah. It's awesome. From, from what I understand, you most recently were in Africa. Is that correct? Or you, was, we were that we were in Africa in January. Yep. Amazing. Okay. So and the so the docu series just just so people know it it premiered late January, like January thirty first, right of this year. Uh, yeah, episode one came out in January. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. And so the most recent episode um, was in Africa. So I would love to talk about that because I know there's some that are a little more local too. So, but I, I'd love to to yeah. know um, because it's it's always a huge eye-opening experience to be in another country in a completely different culture. So I know that was, that oh, yeah. was probably an experience in and of itself, but I'd, I'd love to know more about that episode. You know, what people kind of thought right. about it, what that experience was like. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, just to back up a little to how we got, uh, got on the radar. So sure. when we knew we wanted to get a diverse set of perspectives from, you know, not just, North America. We wanted to we wanted to travel and, and and basically get together other perspectives. And so we had a list of perspectives that we wanted to get. You know, those included the adrenaline junkies. Off a cliff or some, or uh, let's need for speed kind of stuff. Or you know, let's let's get a perspective from, from someone with a disability because what does that look like? Let's get a perspective from someone who you know, lost a loved one or someone who um, maybe even has taken a life or someone who's explored the opposite of aliveness, which we think. Not. So anyway, we had this whole list and then we opened up kind of a casting call. And the one of the, the first place we actually filmed was in Mexico because we, we found someone who lived in extreme poverty, uh, was a young mother. And, you know, there's a community story there. And so that was in San Pancho, Mexico. Hmm. Um, and while we were in Mexico, I was talking to one of the guys that we met there and actually who helped us get there. And he said, you know, this question about purpose specifically, um, do you think people in developing countries would answer it the same way? Like, what's my purpose? And I'm like, God, that's a great question. I wish I could explore that. He's like, well, I happen to know someone who runs a mission in Zambia and wow. he, we, I can set up a conversation. So that's another really cool thing. We knew this was going to be an organic journey. We were just going to follow the threads where they took us. 
yeah. very intentionally. It's not a random walk. But uh, when he told us about this concept called Ubuntu, which at the time, you know, he's like that, that's sometimes translated as I am because we are. So I'm a member of a greater community or a tribe in the case of Africa. And so, so yeah, we ended up getting to Africa. We went to Zambia. It's a small, uh, one of the bigger cities in Zambia called Ndola, N-D-O-L-A. And uh, worked with the people of Hope Ministries, where basically they have a school, a clinic, and an orphanage that houses uh, 300 kids. Because, you know, if you think about, so like I said, I'm 41. Um, there's a there's a missing generation in Zambia because of the AIDS uh, epidemic that occurred. And so there's so many orphans and double orphans that they, they just need people to take care of them. So that's that's essentially where we went into to, to get a perspective on Ubuntu, because here they are existing for the sake of the tribe and supporting one another. Sure. Um, we wanted to really understand, you know, is that from some African tribal roots or is it does it supersede that? And it, it turns out it, it supersedes that Ubuntu is, is just like the African way of life that many tribes in Africa adhere to. In fact, in Zambia alone, there's 72 tribes that speak 73 different languages. It's pretty wild. Um, but um, they all adhere to concepts of Ubuntu, treating strangers like loved ones. It's, it's, um, it's a pretty admirable, uh, admirable uh, trait that they, that they haven't. I mean, you see people walking down the streets, you know, someone's car is broken down. You'll see a number of people asking, can I help you? Or are you like, we're going to fix this. Like they just, they drop everything and they're helping someone who they don't know as if it's a loved one. Uh, just, just an example. Um, but yeah, that's how we got there. One of the things we explored was like I said, Ubuntu. Um, yeah. What other questions do you have, man? That's beautiful. So I'm, I'm actually, so this, this thing of purpose, let's stick with this for a second because I, it, it crossed my mind earlier. This has crossed my mind a few times, actually, like over the course of the last mm-hmm. few months and, and years even. But the the idea of purpose is one that like I I go through cycles of being obsessed with and then I sort of kind of put it yeah. away for a minute and then I come back to it. And I've I've obsessed with it for myself, wondering if I'm if I'm fulfilling my purpose or if I'm missing it. And mm-hmm. um and I've, I've often wondered, how do I even know what it is? Um, you yeah. know, for, in order for me to fulfill it, I, I have to find it. And how do I know that I've found it? You know? Um, and yeah. so I've had that conversation with, you know, a few friends and, uh, and some, some more experienced people, some counselors and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and gotten all kinds of different answers. But, but one thing that I, I think about a lot is, uh, you mentioned towards the beginning of the conversation that, that, people are looking now, um, at least in America, people are looking for jobs that don't just supply a paycheck. They offer some aspect of something else, something deeper, fulfillment or, or yes. whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. I've often considered the thought that that's, that is such a privileged idea in the first place right like because yeah, you know we're, we're at the point is, yeah. now where we don't have to just worry about surviving um exactly like that's pretty well covered for for a lot of people uh, obviously not not everyone um and i understand right. for for those of us that are that are lucky enough to be in that position that's covered and so then we also mm-hmm. get to think about you know fulfillment and you know what what else mm-hmm. right? um yeah. and so i've i've often wondered is it the same elsewhere around the world do are people looking for those two things in conjunction or you know like is it is it something that they sort of 
feel like they have to push aside and say, well, we got to take care of this surviving thing first. Um, but it sounds like, it sounds like this is a basic human uh, consideration and a basic human uh, need, um, this idea of purpose. Yeah, and we, we talked to Tim Kelly, who wrote the book, um, True Purpose, and he actually goes around and helps uh, individuals, companies, and uh, even countries identify their purpose. And he's, what, what's cool, about, I think, about you, Tim's process is that it is a process. It's repeatable. And you can be, you can do it on your own or you can do guided. And, you know, so that's a book that one of the first books I read when I was kind of like, what's my purpose? How do I get more fulfillment? And Tim, Tim describes purpose as, um, it's, it's basically a strategy that helps you achieve fulfillment. It's one way to achieve fulfillment, knowing your purpose. And, and it's not just knowing your purpose, it's living your purpose. And that, that's really where the fulfillment comes in. Um, but yeah, it definitely varies in, all, in the experience that I've had asking people, what's your purpose in different parts of the world? Um, it does vary. And in some cases, it's people are more curious about it because they feel like they've lost it or are not feeling fulfilled. In other cases, it's, oh, it's sweeping the floor. That's my role in the tribe. And sweeping the floor is my purpose. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, sure. next question. <laughs> so um it absolutely varies, but I do believe it is important because it is something that helps us feel like we're part of something bigger, whatever that is. Yeah. Do you feel like it, it often, in your experience, um, does it often relate to like relationship with, with other people, you know, whether it be, you know, tribe, community, um, you know, friends, family, whatever the case may be, but does it, does it yeah. mostly relate to that sort of relationship? It does, man. I do it. So that was episode three uh, with with Tim. The the purpose episode is is a spoiler alert here, but um, yeah, a great purpose has to do with um, serving others, helping others. Absolutely. So watch that if you want more information. Watch episode three. But yeah, you're you're spot on, man. Fulfillment does come from helping others, uh, and and like Tim's Tim's done this hundreds and hundreds of times, and he's like the really good purpose. Uh, statements are the ones that um, impact others. Interesting. I, cause mm -hmm. we, we get, humans are really good at complicating things. Right. And, and we're also yeah. really good at getting distracted by things that don't matter a whole lot. And I, I actually was just talking to one of my friends mm -hmm. about this today. Um, so I, I recently moved I lived in Chicago for a long time, but recently moved to Durham, North Carolina. And mm -hmm. um, that's not far from Asheville, North Carolina, which is where the Biltmore estate is. Um, the Biltmores were a, a very wealthy family uh, in, yeah. in the U.S. Um, back uh, like 20s, 30s, 40s um, era. Built a okay. huge estate um, in Asheville. And so now it's a, it's a tourist attraction. You can go and tour it. Um, and it's, I think it's owned and operated by the, the parks department, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, and it's beautiful, right? Uh, and so we, um, my wife and I and my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law um, all went uh, a few months ago. And it was, it was a cool experience. Um, but I, I had this feeling while we were walking through this amazing like very large, very like over the top mansion on this estate. Mm -hmm. I had this, I had this feeling like I am just another dumb human that is looking at something that's like, it doesn't matter really. 
And I'm right. going, I'm going, man, if only I was that, you know, whatever, rich, successful, right. Whatever right, it right. Is, right. Yeah. And so I like, I, I sort of had that moment and it was still a good experience. We had a lot of fun, but I had that moment of like this, look at all of these people, me included getting distracted with this, like this weird idea of more is better, I guess, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I get that feeling sometimes when I'm shopping too, like I'll like, I'll just have this like weird moment where I'll look around and see all like, I'm, I'm just one of hundreds of people that are just walking through clothing racks, buying things that we don't really need that don't really matter to us mm-hmm. that are not going to make us happy. So my point is that humans get distracted. We're really good at that. And we are, we don't fixate on the things that actually matter, which is what we're talking about in this case, purpose. And it's, and it's, it's, it's closely tied relationship to others and serving others and helping others. Um, have you, have you come across anything in, in these interviews and talking with people that has sort of hinted at either why we're, we're, so good at getting distracted by that stuff or um, how we can sort of refocus and realign? You know, I think for me, the closest I came to anything like that would have been in the interviews of in Zambia because they're not surrounded by the things, the very, just the massive amount of things that can distract them. Right. They don't, they're not all looking at a thousand screens all day long. They're not, you know, consumed by emails and texts popping in their pockets all the time, you know? So, so just the absence of that distraction really got me wondering about maybe that's why they're able to focus on connection. And, you know, it. so even though, you know, if you think about here in the West, it's not uncommon to walk down a street in a, in a busy city and, not even acknowledge that there's a human being walking in your direction, you know, whether it's eye contact or a nod or a smile. Um, we it's just ignore each other. Do right. It, it is. It's weird. And I think a lot of us probably have the thought of like, I wonder why we don't say yeah. hi more often. Yeah. And, and in Africa in Zambia, it was like, they have principles that are taught from very early ages. I mean, they, they have, um, they've made it an intentional part of their culture. And the, and the elders, the uh, teachers, even even like government officials really emphasize the importance of Ubuntu and connection and mm-hmm. sharing. And, you know, that's, I think, why it's so solid. And, and they don't have distractions that pull them away from those principles. Um, just some fascinating stuff. I mean, when I talk about being intentional about that, they'll take like a young woman kind of um, as, she's, as she's becoming a woman and, and literally like, sequester her with um other older women for six months to basically teach her about ubuntu as a woman in zambia so she can go and then model and you know further that to future generations like it's part of it's part of the way they raise their kids and it's integrated and that's like it's you know here we're in the the mixing pot the melting pot america right and so a lot of that stuff there's just variations of it it gets so so thinned out that it becomes inconsistent and you know I, I have a lot of theories around it but there's a difference and i do believe the distractions are not helping yeah, for <laughs> sure. that makes any sense
People of Earth, this episode of Good Humans is brought to you by Accidental Information. Accidental Information is an amazing, inspirational organization that is actually run by Christopher Swan, who was a guest in last season of this show. What he's doing with this organization is helping each and every one of us celebrate what makes us different and then use that to improve our personal lives and our careers. I love this organization so much, and it's not just because we just joined their podcast network. It's because each and every article and show that they have contains directly applicable and practical advice that will improve your personal life or your career. I love the articles that they post, such as how binge watching helps you live a better life, five amazing people who have used adversity to spark creativity, five ways to learn from every podcast you hear, how to tap into your creativity, and so many more. If you're interested, you should check out accidentalinformation.com and tell them good humans sent you. Well, you just yeah. used one of my favorite words, which is intentional. Um, and I, I, I've noticed this thread just talking to you and hearing about this experience and, and sort of how all this came about. Um, you're, you're, the company you work for, uh, obviously, Tuthill obviously has a very intentionally uh, curated and, and protected and, and I, would, I would probably guess like very well guarded, like fiercely guarded culture. Um, and so that, and that produces, you know, like happy employees for sure. But like, it also produces, you know, the, the kind of work that you're doing now, like you're, you're intentionally following a culture that was intentionally created. And you, the, these, these people in Zambia who sound incredible and I would love to go visit, um, are, it sounds like they're also being very intentional about the culture that they're creating and the community that they're creating because of that culture. Um, and so I, I wonder, do, do you feel like, again, this sounds a little self-helpy or, or woo-woo-y, but I, I don't mean it to. I, I just mean it in the most practical sense. Do you feel like we're missing intentionality just sort of as a whole, as, as a human race? And if we maybe got back to that a little bit, we could, we could, figure some more of this stuff out? I think, I think there's a lot of intentionality that people have. And, and it, sometimes intentionality stems from, um, you know, it could be religious upbringing. It could be cultural uh, traditions. It could be family values. So there's, there's certainly intentionality that exists and there's just different intentions. And so I think that what is unique about the zombie, you know, this is just one area we explored was that, there's just, there's a lot of shared intentionality there. It was like, I could talk to anybody that I encountered in Zambia and I could say Ubuntu and they would say humanity, sharing, connection. And it was crazy. It was like, how many people could I ask a similar question in the U.S. Um, and get a consistent answer like that? Uh, of, you know, and, and it probably depends on, on the topic at hand, but something so big, yeah. um, that was impressive. I was, I was literally, I was impressed. And, uh, yeah, so it's not. I don't think that there's an absence of intentionality. I think there's just a lot of variation in what the intentions are. Interesting. That's interesting. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, I think you may be right about that. Um, so I'm. I'm also curious. Um, so that's and yeah, that that is. Look, we just talked for a really long time about just one episode of this docu series, 
So I hope people are as excited as I am about checking us out. But um, I'm wondering, uh, are you guys working on any interviews right now? Um, and if so, without giving all of it away, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about like what, what you're currently working on. Sure. Yeah, we have several episodes filmed in the hopper to be edited. And so we're actually kind of on a, we, we decided to stop everything to catch up on all the stuff we got. Um, um, we, we have an episode, the episode that's coming out um, next is going to be about energy. And we, you know, we got to go out to uh, Utah to explore uh, through the eyes of an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> so um, that'll be an exciting episode. Lots of great B-roll. It's not just the need in the interview. We did some pretty experiential stuff there um, and had some even bonus people to interview as we were out there. That was cool. We have, we got to go to Detroit to talk to a guy who runs a, a men's addiction center. And cause to us, aliveness is not death. Uh, the opposite of aliveness is not death. It's numbness. It's the things we do not to feel oh. It's the things we do, you know, not to connect. It's, it's, it's a different look at, you know? And so we wanted to hear what are the things that cause people to go to numbness, yeah. which oftentimes it's through substance abuse, alcoholism, drugs, why do they go there? How do they get there? How do they get out of there? What are the things they're missing? So that'll be a cool episode to explore what drives people to the opposite of aliveness. Um, and we have another one, We, you know, one of the perspectives we wanted to share, like, you know, I, I have my, my wife and many other, you know, young wives are sacrificing their own, the focus on them for the sake of their kids. And it's like, man, we've got all these rock star moms out there that are, you know, helping to run these households. And um, we wanted to get kind of the rockstar mom perspective. So we went out to New Jersey and we talked to uh, a woman who's got a career with good housekeeping. You know, she's an executive up there, an editor. And, uh, you know, she she talks about what she does to continue to focus on her. Uh, and those are ingredients we're looking forward to sharing with all the busy moms that are just like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I've given up everything for my kids and, and that's okay because I love them to pieces, but, you know, there's what about me? And so... Those are, those are cool perspectives. And then, like I said, the Mexico episode, there's such a strong, another community story in the, in the Mexico episode. There's, um, there's a number, we'll probably have seven or eight in the hopper that, that we're going to edit. Um, and then, you know, depending on success of the documentary this year, we'll look at, do we extend the season? Do we do a season two? Do we pull the plug? We need, you know, we, we have, it's such a grassroots thing. So opportunities like this, really mean a lot to us. Uh, we, we love people to just watch it and share it. If it's something that, you know, really affected you and, and touched your heart, share it with other people. Um, help us change that conversation around the dinner table from what you do today and how's the weather to what makes you feel alive. So like as a family and as individuals, we could do more of that. Again, being intentional about this. And so um, that is just absolutely something that you could tell I get excited about it. It's something I'm really passionate about. And um, a lot of, you know, the folks I work with are the same way. So um, good question. I, I, didn't, I don't think I gave too much away. I gave some, some high level stuff away, but it's, yeah, it's, you, it's been incredible. Yeah. You gave us just enough to, to be excited for what's coming up. I, I love <laughs> the different, such wildly different angles and viewpoints. Um, and they're going to be all together in the same place, which is, amazing. You don't get that, uh, often. So that's really cool. That's exciting. Um, that's how we learn, right? Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's my, that's been my favorite thing about doing this podcast 
um, and getting to talk to people like you and, and all kinds of people not like you at all. Um, just the, the idea that two people can sit down and have a conversation and you and I have completely different experiences and we can sit down and have a conversation and, and hopefully I can learn something from this conversation. Um, which is why I, I said, I, I, I identify with the sort of investigative nature of this, this series. Because right, yeah. All I'm trying to do is figure out how do we be better humans? Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of overlap in what we're doing, man. A, a ton. ton. Yeah. So we're cool. Yeah. We're yeah. driving at the same thing. And so I, that's, I, I think that's why I'm, 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 I hope it's, it's coming across, but I'm really, really excited to see like what other places you guys go because there's, and and I hope you guys keep going and keep going and keep going because there are so many things I think to, to like, there's so many sides to this um, to explore and, and for, you know, different people are going to see an episode and they're going to get different things out of it. And then hopefully that spurs, you know, all kinds of, of, you know, sort of offshoots and and action from people, which I I think is what you're probably going for is, is to inspire people to, to really take this to heart and internalize it. Um, It's really exciting. Mm -hmm. It is. And like I said, we had that list of what perspectives would be interesting to explore aliveness. And, And as we were, you know, choosing them, we were like, okay, we think this person that we're going to go interview is very likely to talk about connection or this person is really likely to talk about purpose or this person's really likely to talk about being present and engaged. So like, then we get there and we have these interviews and we're expecting that, man, this is going to be a, a ringer for this topic. And they take us to a place that we never could have imagined in a thousand years. And it's like, Holy cow. We just, yeah. we just stumbled on something pretty new, pretty exciting. Let's share this. And, um, it's almost happened every single time, honestly. So like as much as we think we have control of this, the one thing we do have control over is, you know, that we're, we're doing this. Um, it, it's an open-minded look, you know, and uh, we're just constantly surprised and impressed. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I was, I was actually going to ask uh, if you had or how often you'd been surprised uh, by some of the answers you got, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it sounds like most of the time uh, is the answer, which is cool. Yeah, um, that's where the magic is, man. That's that's really exciting. Um, so I'm wondering now, like, so you've you've talked about perspectives from other people, um, and you know, ingredients that that people have submitted on the website or or that you've talked about on episodes of the show. I'm I'm wondering because working on this show, I have to believe, has changed you and i'm sure it's changed the crew as well um Mm -hmm. hopefully for the better but so i'm wondering um sort of how like how it's influenced you what you know what ideas it may have changed for you or introduced you to um and the crew as well but like I'm, i'm just wondering what that experience has been like to actually work on the show and what changes you've seen in yourself and your crew yeah because of it yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so going back to that, the comments you made on purpose earlier about not knowing what your purpose is necessarily and not necessarily knowing if you're living on purpose or not. And there have been things that have happened on this journey that, you know, if, again, I, I did some pre-work and, and went through Tim, Tim Kelly's purpose process 
it's starting to sound like an infomercial, but really, <laughs> I went, I read his book. I, I utilized the coach to help us explore my individual purpose. And also, how do I know energetically if I'm spending time working on purpose or off purpose? And so during this experience, there are times when I will, something will happen and it's like a sign from the universe that's like, dude, you are so on purpose right now. And it's, you know, what basically what he, he, Tim calls serendipity or um, synchronicity in his, in his book and his process. It's like, you will get signs from the universe when you are, and you'll feel a certain amount of energy uh, when you are, and you'll feel a certain amount of drain when you're not. And so back to purpose, it's like, for me on this whole journey, those signs that keep coming my way, like, dude, you're, you are for sure doing what you were born to do. Um, that's really encouraging despite the difficulties that come up on a project like this, whether it's the logistics of travel or the equipment or the difficult interview situations, the language, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. there's almost always something that's like, you're meant to be here now and you're doing what you're born to do. And, you know, just to share, like my purpose is to be a beacon of joy. And so that's, it does, it is for the sake of others, like we talked about. And also, you know, there's a component of the purpose statement that has to do with, which is called your message. And so the message I want to share in my life is that to others, you know, you can create the life you want to live. And this is, this project specifically has become that vehicle for me to, to do that because I've realized that it, there is not a recipe that fits everybody. But there are ingredients like the pizza example that people will like and try. And all you have to do is start tasting them. And and then when you notice that you really like how it tastes, do more of that. And then just follow those threads to fill your life with as much of that stuff that you can as possible. So it's helped me figure out how the heck do I live my purpose of teaching people they can create the life they want to live. It's been so cool and so aligned. And that's how you're going to know, man. You're going to, you're just going to have that energy when you're done working on the stuff you're working on. You're like, you're, you're feeling fueled rather than drained. Um, that's one way to know, I think. I've, I've come to believe that. Um, and that's just the purpose side. So, yeah, helps. I'm talking a I, lot. <laughs> no, I, that's, I, that's why you're on. I'm, I'm happy to have you talk a lot. Um, <laughs> cool. I, I identify a lot with, with what you said about, like, there when you are doing something that is your purpose or at least purpose adjacent mm-hmm. or you can tell uh and You're i, I think feel something yes and i think the trick is yeah. to be aware enough to notice right. um mm-hmm. and yeah man like when i uh i actually i just finished up an interview two nights ago um, with one of my favorite musicians um, that I'm excited to release too, but um, oh, cool. I got done with that interview and I was like, it was late too, dude. We, we started at like, yeah. we started at like 10 my time and, and didn't get done until uh-huh. like midnight. But um, I got done with that interview and I was like jazzed up. I couldn't go to bed. Uh, and my wife, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I probably <laughs> looked outwardly like jittery. Cause my wife was like, what, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, just happened. yeah, I'm just, I'm, I was like, I'm just jazzed yeah. up. Like I can't, like, it's going to take me a while to calm mm-hmm. down. Um, so I know, I know what that feels like. And I, I hope for everyone that they can, that they can or have felt that at some point. Um, that's so interesting though. Cause I like, I don't think or talk about that a lot. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. That's, 
that is um, because all of us, I'm sure, also do things that that don't energize us. We're just so drained, right? Um, well, sometimes it's necessary, but I'm making up. You're a naturally reflective guy. Like you, things happen, and and you're thinking about them. Is that true? Um, yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, it probably is natural. I, it's been an, it's been an intentional thing for a few years now mm-hmm. that I, I, I am pretty introspective. Um, but if, if I look at, <laughs> even when I was a kid, I think I was pretty introspective, um, or at least maybe more than most. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I do tend to like take stock of, of what I'm feeling or thinking. Um, you know, at least a few times. Curious about how things work. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually, I, again, that's why I started the podcast. Um, listen to you interview me, mm-hmm. interviewing me now, but, uh, I, I well, think that's why I started the podcast is I, I was raised with a very specific set of, of, uh, values and, and a very specific perspective on what it looks like to be good or be a good human. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, it, it's a, it's a very like super, super right wing, like very, very, uh, small offshoot of, of Baptists. Um, mm-hmm. and so it, it's, it's very like super fundamental, very like, you know, very closed off, very closed minded. So I left that when I was like 25, 26, um, because I, I had known for a long time that it didn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like you, you leave something like that, that you've known your whole life. And then you just, you're, you're like, well, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know anything else. Um, so mm-hmm. I think even since then I've been kind of looking for like, what is this? How do we do this? Like, what is the human experience? Um, so yeah, it's, I think that's why I started the podcast. Cause I, I'm always interested to hear like what other people are doing, how they're doing it, what their perspective is about all of it. Um, but I, I think that, uh, and, and I think maybe you'd agree, I think introspection is healthy, um, at least to an extent, uh, because you have to, you have to do those check-ins with yourself, right? Well, think about if you don't, right? If you don't reflect, and that's where really the president engaged piece has to do with noticing the things that we're feeling and then acting on them. So being present, it's like, hmm. What am I feeling right now in the moment? Like you just talk to your kind of rock star superhero and you're, you're jazz and you're feeling that if you did not, if you were not present to that and just moved on and went to bed, what will you learn from that? Like your, our bodies are fantastic barometers for how, mm, you know, yeah. how we live and, and, and their gauges for us to, to recalibrate and, and, you know, and that kind of thing. So you notice that, that that's the awareness piece. And it's like, no, now what do you want to do with that? And so, you know, is it like, well, I want to do more of that. That's a good start. Cool. And then you start to maybe try to articulate what it is that had you feel good. Was it that you interviewed your rock star superhero or was it something maybe higher level, like um, just have a really positive interview? Like, so you don't have to go finding your next idol to interview to feel that again, but maybe there is something at a, at a higher elevation that is like that. And you, sure. you, when you start to identify those values or those things that are, your ingredients, you, you can bring those into your life over and over again. And it doesn't always have to be the same thing. It's like the topic area and you're like, I'm feeding it and I found other ways. It's, um, it's really, and, that, and like back to the distraction thing, if we are so distracted that we don't take time to notice those feelings, to use our body as a barometer, uh, to be self-aware, self-introspective, 
we're going to be missing some pretty important signals, you know, mm-hmm. to make those choices to to live and um, be more alive. Yeah, I I think you're right on about that. Um, I'm I'm also curious. So we uh, we got our disclaimers about being too woo woo out of the way at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm I'm also yeah. wondering um, sort of what your like what is your take on what's going on here? Like what, what is the human experience? Like, what are we doing? You know, it's a, it's a big question. I just, I'm curious, like if you, if you have ideas about it, if that's changed since you started this project, um, I'm just curious. <laughs> I love it. Wow. What are we doing? What are we doing? Wow, oh, man. That I know, I know what we're doing with this project is, is trying to invite folks to get the most out of this life. You know, we're only here for a finite period of time. And that's, that's what we're doing. It's like every single person I believe has this contagious aliveness that is within them and they don't always let it out. Maybe they're at work and they're filtering it because they're afraid that if they show up as their true selves, they're going to be judged. But why does that matter? You know, maybe, maybe there, there's just, there are so many things we do. Um, that are, you know, I've had it described as a conditioned human versus the human condition. Like we're conditioned from the day we're born. That's a perfect way to whatever. Put it. And, and it's a, it's a really a beautiful thought. So like for me, what, what, what I would want to do, what I think what I'm doing is like, I want to, I want to be an authentic, you know, unconditioned human, just, just let it all out. And I want others to feel freedom to do the same. And I know it's not always easy. Um, yeah. so again, it goes back to, you know, how do we, how do we authentically live and create the life we, we were born to live? And it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, but getting the most out of this little bit of time we have here is, is really, I think what I want us to be doing. I love that. Uh, I have, um, yeah, I have two people you definitely should talk to, I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I one of them is Look he's an up. author. Uh, he, um, I've I've actually I had him on the podcast. He he wrote a book that I really love. I've talked about it. Uh, his name's CJ Cassiata, and he wrote a book called Get Weird. Um, and he talks. I love the title. About, yeah, he talks about everybody's. He calls it the sacred weird. Getting in touch with your sacred weird. And um, he talks about how all of us at, at one point, usually when we're children we get the weird kicked out of us because we discover that yeah. uh, it's not quote unquote normal. Um, yes. He, he talks wow. a lot about reconnecting with that. And, and that's such a beautiful thought. That's cool. uh, and I love thinking about it as like the human condition versus conditioned humans, because that's, that's really the perfect nutshell for it. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and then another gentleman that I, I and that's not mine. That's not, a, that's not original. I, I forget where okay. it came from, but that is not, that's not right. mine. I, I've heard it Fair from enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um and then I, I just talked to another gentleman uh named carl stave uh and he um he has a project called bring the gratitude um and he talks about how mm. gratitude changes life um and but what i love is meeting people because i, I think all of us uh are getting at the same thing um i i love meeting people that are also pursuing this thing of you know, what's going on? What are we doing? How do we do it? How do we do it better? And how do we do it for others? Um, and 
all of us, I, I feel, are, are sort of hitting it from these like slightly different angles. Um, and it's just, it's incredible to see the the work that's being done by by people like you and and CJ and Carl and and many many others. But um, it's just it's encouraging to see that people are are to your to your company's mission statement waking up uh, and then pursuing this stuff. It's it's really encouraging. Um, why? Do you, As you were talking, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, man. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's something that just dawned on me. It was, I think, something that um, has turned me off on the self-help category, I would say, or has in the past, is this notion that some people are trying to do some stuff to fix other people. Well, something I want to say is part of the reason I'm doing this work is is selfish. You know, there, there's I want to get the most out of life, too. For I'm not sure. doing this as a public service to fix others that are broken. I'm broken too. It's like there there are things I'm missing and I and I always want to just like I said maximize what I can do here. And if I'm just kind of sitting at home on the couch, not working to do better at that, it will not be better. Yeah. And um, so the things I'm doing to explore aliveness are are like you asked earlier, they're absolutely helping me. And sometimes it's just getting that fresh perspective. It's like holy cow, mm-hmm. these people have nothing, and look at how happy they are. Yeah, you know, and it's or that's just an example of, of many, but um, you know, I just want to say that like we're I'm not an expert, I'm learning along the way too, and uh, man, it's just all good. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I I say all the time, I even if nobody listened to this podcast, I would still do this podcast. Um, because I I started yeah, it, sure. I started it selfishly. I started it for me. Um, and and I, if nobody listened to it, I'm still getting incredible value mm-hmm. out of these conversations. So I'm with you, man. Um, How cool. How cool I, I, think, yeah. I think if all of us have that attitude, you know, we're all just kind of figuring it out together. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. sharing, you know, what's worked for us with other people and hopefully learning what's worked for other people um, and, and using what we can. Uh, so yeah, I'm with mm-hmm. you. Um, I wanted to ask what um, you obviously believe in this a lot, um, as does your crew, as does your company. But I'm wondering um, if if you had to say, why do you feel like this is needed? The the project that you're doing, the the Search for Aliveness docu series. Why do you feel like it's needed today? Well, there's kind of an obvious answer, which is we are probably more connected digitally and, and less connected personally than ever in the history of humans. Yes. Um, so from a connection point of view, it's only going to get worse, I believe. And I think that this slowing down to think about, man, how do we preserve that as, as a human species is super important. Um, and there's also lots of negativity uh, in the, in the media, which, you know, a lot of people say, and it, it's there. How can we shift our attention because there is good stuff happening too. How can we shift our attention to those good things yep. intentionally? You know, um, how do we let the things that, how do we, how do we filter? Why is it that humans love to focus on the negative more than the positive? That's a, that's a crazy question. I'd love to know the answer to, but mm. you know, there's even statistics on it. Like people are 80% more likely to share a negative experience in an online review than, than a positive experience. It's like, right. why? Right. You know, part of it, I believe is because of, of the, 
the, the person who's willing to share the tough truths or the critical, the critical stuff, sometimes that's perceived as that's the person who's, who's honest. They can just share the bad stuff, you know, right. and it's, and, and the, the truth might be attractive. And that's, I, I've heard that that's why, you know, in Siskel and Ebert, uh, <laughs> I forget which one it was. It was always the negative. Like he was the, the preferred critic. He was always the one who was bashing the movie. Um, so the, it's an interesting dynamic. It's so, so, the connection is diminishing lots of negativity um and and then the third one there for me is uh this distraction this lack of focus on us and, and, and instead of everything around us uh it's just it's i don't know what is causing that i don't know if it was ever in society really a natural thing to say Ooh, i'm gonna think about me and and what's gonna help me get the most out of my life sure some people think that's round upon like that's selfish well if without us being happy, how can how can our families be happy? How can our communities be happy? How can our coworkers be happy? It's yeah. it's a totally contagious thing, and and aliveness. You know, there's literally at this. You may have even interviewed somebody who is an expert on oxytocin, but we are wired for connection as humans. We mm. see good things happening, and oxytocin is released in our bodies, and it's it's like a literally contagious thing. And um, that have you have you explored that at all? Oxytocin. Um, just a little bit. So I was thinking like while you're talking about negativity, I often say, um, like when I'm pitching the podcast to people or when I'm talking about the podcast to people, I say like, I, there's already more than enough negativity to go around, right? Like you you don't even have to look for it. You don't have to search it out. It's get on the internet or turn on a TV. You'll find something bad within 30 seconds. So there's already enough of that. And so what I'm trying to do with this podcast, one of the things I'm trying to do is amplify the good in the world by talking to people who are doing good in the world um, because there's not enough of that. Um, I don't believe that there's more bad in the world than there is good. I just think we talk about the bad more than we talk. Yeah. Um, and why? Good question. Heard, why? I've heard it. I've heard it theorized that it's, it's an evolutionary trait because it's our survival instinct tells us to, note danger um and so like you know negativity mm. therefore like just evolutionarily negativity is translated to our you know the dumb lizard brain part of our brain danger yeah as danger and so we we note that and we focus on that because it's of an evolutionary trait which i guess makes sense i, I don't know how true that actually is um yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't directly talked to anybody about that, and I would love to, um, because it is interesting that, I mean, we feel so much better when we talk. Like when you see a news story about uh, you know a fireman rescuing rescuing a kitten from a burning building, or like somebody stopping on the side of the road and helping a stranger change a tire, or you know a, a restaurant that fed you know homeless people. Um, like right. we feel so much better when we talk about that stuff than when we talk about, you know, the recent robbery that was committed or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So we know that we feel better when we talk about it, but we don't talk about it enough. True. Um, True. And I, I would love, I'm with you. I would love to know why that is uh, exactly. And maybe we don't exactly know. Um, but it is interesting. And I, I, but that's why I feel like the work you're doing is so necessary because we, we need to balance out the, the 
the volume, um, I think, of of bad news versus good. Yeah. We're certainly going to help it, man. It's, yeah. It's such great stuff. I believe it. Um, and I, I love what you, you mentioned slowing down. Um, and I, I noticed on the website, uh, you know, it talks about the, the series of sort of inviting people to slow down, reflect, and then mm-hmm. make choices that increase our aliveness. And I, I, I really like that. Um, Thanks. This is, this is such incredible work. So there's, um, there's a question that I ask everybody, um, Chad, and, and uh, no pressure. It's a big question. You can take it all kinds of different directions, but um, mm-hmm. the, the podcast is called Good Humans. So the question I ask everyone is, uh, again, selfishly, because I'm trying to figure it out, what from your perspective yeah. and in your experience, like what is it even to be a good human? How do we do that? What does it even look like? Wow. Well, I think that the good human is the one who wants to maximize the life they have as a human with others. I'm going to add that. Hmm. I'm going to add that. So the one who wants to maximize the time they have here on earth with others, however they can do that. You know, it could be an impact they have on society. It could be great personal fulfillment. It could be leaving a legacy of something with somebody else. Or it could just be a simple, you know, relationship you have with someone, whatever that is. I mean, I just think we're here. So we're here to create and share. Um, and what, what would being human be without other humans? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and I, I feel like that relates pretty closely to, to what you were talking about earlier. When we take care of ourselves, when we make sure that we are happy. Um, and then, you know, sometimes people call that selfish. And that, that always makes me pause because I, I want to be like, I, I don't understand how you would call somebody taking care of themselves selfish. Um, because it, if I guess in their mind, the, the point is for humans to take care of other humans, which I would agree, like we're supposed to serve each other, but I can't take care of somebody else if I am not taken care of if I'm not taking care of myself if I you know if my tank's not full I don't have anything to give to anybody else right um right so I I like I like the angle that you're you're taking here of like maximizing the life we have with other people um and and you mentioned it but part of that certainly is taking care of ourselves finding fulfillment being happy um however we have to do that I think Um, that's a tank filler you know, that, yeah. that other, the, the, you know, when your tank gets low and you need a, you need to fill up often that comes from being around someone else. Think about it. You're having a rough day. You talk to your wife or significant other or best friend and, and suddenly your tank starts filling up a little more and yeah. uh, don't even realize that that's why or that's what's happening. So it is, a, it's an untapped source. Um, there's a lot of humans to, to fill up on and uh, man, I invite everybody to just, connect, explore what makes you feel alive and uh, do, do it as often as you possibly can. I love it. Um, okay, Chad. So we've talked about a lot um, and I, I want to make sure we're not missing anything. So uh, is there anything else that we didn't talk about or cover that you want to make sure that we do mm-hmm. spend some time on? Man, beyond the search for aliveness.com is where you go to watch this thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And follow us on Facebook, share it with everybody. Um, you know, we, we did touch on purpose. We touched on connection. 
touched on president engaged. The one, the one thing too, that, um, didn't really touch on was this full spectrum of human emotion. And so oftentimes people confuse aliveness with happiness or joy. Right. But one thing that I want to emphasize for everyone listening is that as humans, we're capable of feeling a whole range of emotions. And so an acronym that and we use to explain that range at a real high level, because there are many emotions is sachet. It's S-A-S-H-E-T. So sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, and tender. That describes the full, to me, the full spectrum of human emotions that, that are feelings that really when, when we embrace all of those and don't numb them, think about sad, angry, scared. People yeah. don't want to feel those because they're uncomfortable. So we numb those. Maybe we had a bad day, we go have a drink. Or, you know, we just don't want to talk about it. So yeah. knowing that those feelings of sadness and anger and being scared are also part of feeling alive, um, it's it's just a whole nother kind of area to explore about aliveness that we didn't talk much about, but I do want I do want the listeners to realize this isn't just all feel good. There's some there's some feel bad stuff that is also aliveness related. Dude, I am so happy that you brought that up because uh, I, I, um, I think about the Mr. Rogers quote often, feelings are manageable and mentionable. Um, and uh, such a hero, such an awesome man. Um, but I, I think about that so often um, and I'm so happy that you mentioned this because the human experience is not all happiness for sure. Um, and I, I, think, I think we all know that, but... T- we don't, to your point, we don't stick with that stuff, the, the quote unquote bad emotions, right? Like we don't stick with the sadness, the anger, uh, the, the fear. Um, we, like you said, we like to either ignore those or numb those or, you know, as best we can turn those off and go away. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wonder, I wonder what it would look like, what the world would look like if all of us, sort of just approached it from, you know, the perspective that it's all part of it. It's all, we're human. Mm-hmm. And so why not be fully human um, and mm-hmm. be all of those things? And it's okay to be all those things. And of course, you're going to be all of those things at some point. Um, and instead of turning those off or numbing them, stick with them and find out what they have to teach you. Um, exactly notice them and say, why am I feeling this way? Not, not from a place of judgment. What's wrong with me? But like, wow, why am I so sad right now? What am I so afraid of? You know, why am I so angry? Is there a value of mine that's totally being stepped on? Um, you can learn so much about yourself by being present to those, those emotions. And, and that is not a natural tendency. I think again, fight or flight, lizard brain, those are icky. Those are uncomfortable. I'm out of here. Uh, a real world example that I use over and over again is when my uncle Tony passed away, I found myself at his funeral mass and you know, I'm just standing there and I'm fighting back tears with all my might. Adam Apple is just aching. And I'm like, what? And in that moment, you know, I was like, why am I stopping this? Let it out, man. You know? And, and it was just so, it's such an interesting pivotal moment for me to be like, okay, you know, why, why was I trying to filter that? Was I worried about how I looked in front of others? Probably, you know, there's all kinds of stuff to explore there, but, um, being tuned into this, uh, the things we're feeling and, uh, and embracing them really to process them and learn is crucial. It's not just the, 
the feel-good stuff, even though that's what we want more of. Yeah. There's a lot of value in the in the uncomfortable stuff. Yeah, and there's there's beauty in it too. I think, um, at least in just the, the being present with it and acknowledging it, um, whether it's in you or in other people. I actually meant to ask you too um, ab- about this because you're uh, you you're 41. You said right, right. Okay, so 41 year old guy. Um, I could see you know, uh, because like by I'm 33. So by the time I'm this age, Mm -hmm. I've, I've sort of like come to come to grips with the fact that like, yeah, it's fine to be emotional. It's fine to be, you know, whatever, like, Mm -hmm. um, but as a young man, especially, and especially as a man, sadly, uh, those like that full range of emotion is sort of frowned upon. And it sounds, I could be wrong, but it sounds like you've been, aware or at least in touch with all of that uh from pretty early on and so i'm wondering for oh well, first of all if that's true but secondly um is that like did your was your family like nurturing of that and, and understanding of that or like mm-hmm. where does that where does that come from mm-hmm. big family man my mom's one of 12 my dad's one of six so i've got okay. like 140 something family and um you know, it, it is, uh, I have a mix of, you know, very, very blue collar trade types of family members. And I have some, you know, you know, highly educated college doctors, whatever. So having exposure to that spectrum as a kid, I didn't get the, what are you crying? Put that away, you pansy. Right. There, there's, you know, there's that. And I know, sorry about the PC for whatever, but <laughs> that's oh, real. Okay. And, and, and then there's the, you know, there's the, there are the family members who, you know, were just like, you know, giving a hug and it's all good. How can we help you, you know, and just being present and, and that felt better. So yeah, absolutely. I've been tuned into it. And I remember Sesame street, Mike Singletary from the Chicago bears singing. It's okay to cry. And the first, you know, there, there were just so many moments that I, I was tuned into even as a kid that I'm like, you know, so yeah, I've, I, I'm a crier for sure. Um, and that's I love that. <laughs> I just it, it's it's necessary, and sometimes it's hard to. It's like God, I, I really can use a good cry. I just can't. I can't yeah. turn it up. <laughs> yeah. So and I just know that that feeling of after it's just like ah, there's a release, and then there's something better on the other side. So, um, oh, yeah, cool. man. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm a crier as well. Um, and my <laughs> wife makes fun of me because I like I cry I cry at, like TV shows and movies more than she does even. Um, which which is funny. Uh. And the one, um, she especially makes fun of me for this because the one that gets me every single, actually there's two that get me every single time. It's the season finale of the, or the series finale of The Office. Um, there's a specific <laughs> moment when like, when Andy's talking to the camera and he says, I wish yeah. to know you were in the good old days before you've actually left them. Uh, and every time oh, wow. like I tear up and I'm like, oh my God. Um, and then the, the yeah. final episode of season eight of scrubs gets me every time um and i just cry like a baby at both of those but so yeah i know that oh if I, man if i need a good cry i just watch one of those two uh and i can i can get it out and then we're good <laughs> we'll go um, back go back and be curious about like why what is it about what they said or, or was it the music or what is it that had you you know what i mean because that is a feeling of aliveness that you had you know it's yeah, like and you 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 have two specific points in time two specific things that trigger it for you. So like, what's going on there? You know, that's, and that's that next level of questions that uh, I don't think a lot of people stop to ask. 
you know? So yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I don't think, I don't think I've ever really stopped to ask myself those questions either, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Uh, That's cool, man. I'll, I can't I'll wait to hear that. what you figure out. <laughs> um, well, Chad, this, this was such a delight. I'm so happy that we got to talk. Um, I'm so, so excited about the work that you're doing and I hope that it, it goes forever and ever and ever. Um, and I'm also grateful. I'm grateful to you for, first of all, for like having this vision and pursuing it and then sharing it with the world. That's incredible. Uh, and I'm also, I'm grateful, honestly, to Tuthill for, for believing in this enough to allow you to do this. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I, I echo all of that. And and again, it's, it's not just what I'm up to. It, it's, it's led, you know, give credit to Vito for, you know, planting that seed and being willing to run with it. Cause it's, it's a lot more than I knew than, than he knew what he was signing up for when he's like, I want to be the editor, the director, the creator, like dude's putting in 14 plus hours a day to make this happen. And I mean, I I'm just sitting there on camera asking questions and, being curious and he, you know, he's helping to put all this together and do the writing. It's awesome. So props to Vito, props to Todd Hill, uh, and, 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 and props to you, man, for putting this on. And, uh, I, you know, I'm just, I just can't wait to see what happens. You know, I, I don't even know, like, we're going to know when we, when we know it, like these were big successes and yeah. somehow, even if it's one person saying, dude, this changed my life. That's enough. That's a success, you know? And yeah, not about the millions and millions, even though we do talk about Wake the World, 7.6 billion, uh, the, the really meaningful ones are the ones that impact people's lives. I'm with you. I love it. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link everything. I have a whole bunch of links, so I'm going to link everything okay. in the description um, when we post the episode. Uh, and then do you, do you have an idea when the next uh, installment is, is coming for the docuseries? Yeah. The episode five should be uh, the end of September at the latest. Vito was just telling me today there's a there's an outside chance that it'll be before then. Uh, but we the scheduled date is uh, yes yeah, September thirtieth. Awesome. The next episode. All right, we'll look forward mm-hmm. to it. Um, and in the meantime, people of Earth, uh, go check out the series. Um, I'm going to link everything in the episode description so you'll have an easy way to find it. Go check out the series. Tell Chad what you think. Um, tell the crew what you think. Uh, and just be nice to Chad and the crew um, and <laughs> nice things about the series because I, I'm sure that you will feel nice things about the series. But it would be nice if you would just be nice um, and share it uh, if it's impactful, um, because I know I certainly will. Yeah, so, um, awesome. Chad, thanks again for, for being on um, and, and talking with us. It was my pleasure. Uh, and people of Earth, thank you for listening. And until next week, be good to each other.